0: Our we all bleed
1: good. the same. Amen?
0: Yeah.
1: Amen. Uh, it was a big day for Destiny. Let me tell you what happened in our first service. We had two churches um, from Arizona that asked if we would broadcast uh, with a live feed yeah. um, to them. And so we did that first service and, um, and uh, I don't know if it was specifically because of the message oh, okay. we're on or... Or what? But, um, but uh, it was really cool. And um, did, never did that before uh, where we piped ourselves into the, the campuses over there in uh, Owatonna, I mean um, Arizona. But uh, that was cool this was morning. Cool. And I'll see, I'll talk to the pastor uh, later this afternoon see how it all turned out. But um, I'm sure it was awesome. I'm sure it was awesome. We are on this series we mentioned to you Summer Love. Everyone say Summer Love. Summer Love. Here is our goal in this series. It's written on your notes. This is our goal. To encourage you to persevere past the differences and biases of others. To overcome hurts and issues and unforgiveness that may be in your hearts. To reach out to the broken and to the lonely and to the fatherless. I love that. And to live a life of love. To live a life of love known and felt by others. Known and felt by others. You know, reach out to the broken, the lonely, the fatherless. That's what we talked about last week. We talked about the orphan's heart. We talked about um, a lot of people are walking around life with the, with an orphan's heart. Yeah. With, um, you know, they maybe weren't fatherless or parentless, right. like you think of orphans being. But a lot of times parents are unaware of how they should bring their children up. And um, a lot of people are brought up pretty fatherless or motherless or parentless. Um, and so we talked about that last week. And uh, by the way, yesterday, yesterday here at the, the campus in Burnsville, we went out. Um, Teresa heads up all of our outreach programs, and um, Teresa and Eddie. And we had a group of people from the church here go out yesterday and hand out uh, love on the, the go sacks, which are for homeless. They're for homeless people. And so we had a group of people go out yesterday, and they handed out several. I, I'm not talking like several, uh, 13, 14. I'm talking like 40 or 50 different uh, love sacks to homeless people. And um, I just want to thank you guys for being a part and doing doing that and making a difference. Um, like I said, this morning we're going to tackle a big subject. Um, it's a subject that a lot of pastors don't talk about, which um, I probably have always been one of them. It's not something that I'm afraid of. It's just not something that we've talked about. it. But but actually, I've never done, in, in the 30-some 30 years, 32 years of ministry, uh, of pastoring, um, I've never Talked on this subject ever
0: right. in my life. Right.
1: This is the first time That's I've right. ever talked on this subject, and let me tell you, it won't be the last. Right. It won't be, be the good. last. Be good. Um, but we're going to talk on racism. Everybody, say racism. Racism sounds like a really boring subject, maybe to some of you, but it's no. not. You're going to you're going to really love this. You're going to be challenged. Um, let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing this morning. Thank you, Lord, that your word is always anointed. Your word is powerful. Your word is life changing. I thank you, Lord, that your word will not return void, but it will produce a work in every single one of our hearts. Now, Lord, anoint Pastor Vicki's and my words. Help us speak with boldness. Help us speak with clarity. But Lord, help us share with love and compassion this morning. With love and compassion. And I thank you, Lord, that lives will be changed. Thank you, Lord, that our hearts are open and our minds are ready. Make us better, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Are you ready for this this morning? I'm ready. Yes. You know, um, I got to just acknowledge that, you know, Pastor Vicki and I, uh, we're speaking about this from a limited per- perspective. Um, we haven't dealt with a lot of racism right. like some of you may have. Right. I don't know who of you may have and which of you may not have. I could maybe guess, but I'm sure. Uh, from our perspective, we haven't dealt with a lot of racism, right. but some of you, even sitting here in this this group this morning, some of you have dealt with it, right. and, and and you've been a, been a part of it, and it's been a part of you, yeah. and so with a real pure heart this morning, um, we're going to do our best to to you know uh, communicate and and. On a very important issue that I believe as as Jesus followers, how many Jesus followers do we have here this morning? Yeah. As Jesus followers, we need to lead the, lead the way in showing love to everyone.
0: Yes.
1: I don't think you heard me. I said, I think I, I believe, church, as Jesus followers, that we need to lead the way. We need to lead the way at showing love. To everyone. Everyone. To showing love to everyone. Everyone. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 10. We're going to open up right here with an encounter that Jesus had with a guy. And Jesus tells a story here in Luke chapter 10. He speaks on how to neighbor, and it is actually dealing with racism as well. Here in Luke chapter 10. And look at verse 25, if you would. Luke 10, 25. There is an interesting encounter here that Jesus has with an expert in law, which is a religious guy. Okay? This guy comes up to Jesus, and he asks Jesus a question. And he says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, church, Jesus does what Jesus always does, or often does. And he answers a question with a question. Have you noticed that about him? He answers a question with a question. And in verse 26, Jesus asks the guy, what is written in the law? So the guy says, what must I do to to get eternal life? inherit eternal life. And Jesus says, well, what is written in the law? And the guy responds, it says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Church Jesus looks at him and he says, you are exactly right. That's exactly right. You nailed it on the head. Go and live it. Go and do that. Go live it. Go do it. And then this guy, he asks a very pointed and clarifying and specific question. And this guy says, in verse 29, wanted to be, to justify himself. He says, who is my neighbor? (laughs) Who is my neighbor? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor, I need to know who is my neighbor? Church, this is an interesting question. Because this guy's just asking. He wanted to justify himself. He's just asking, you know, in other words, am I supposed to love the guy who, who, who doesn't like the same music as me? Am I supposed to like him? You know, I like 60s and 70s music. Uh, I think that's cool, but am I supposed to like the guy that likes country western music? You know? Am I supposed to like the guy that isn't as educated as me or... or doesn't have any education or is maybe way more educated than me. Do I have to love the guy that has weird hair? Their ears are pierced. Their nose is pierced. Their body is pierced. Hello? Are you all breathing this morning? So, Am, you know, am I supposed to love that guy? Am I supposed to love the guy that that talks with a funny accent? You know? Am I supposed to love the guy that 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 you know has speaks a totally different language and doesn't even know my language? Am I supposed to love him? Am I supposed to love somebody that's a totally different skin color. You know? So this guy's asking, you know, am I supposed to, I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And it's a great question. Right, it is. And I like what it goes on to say, and yeah. I'll let you and tell I, the rest of this. It's funny because I
2: think he's trying to get out of something, but here's what's interesting is Jesus really answers now by not focusing on who to neighbor, but how to neighbor. In other words, this guy's kind of focusing on who, like which person, and Jesus begins by shifting that, saying, no, I'm going to teach you something different. I'm going to teach you how to neighbor because if you know how to neighbor, it's going to cover all the who's. It's going to come cover every who. And so Jesus is already assuming that everyone is your neighbor. Yeah. So he decides to address how to neighbor. So we're going to stay right here in Luke chapter 10 just a few verses down. Jesus starts telling a story. So he tells a story about a Jewish man who is traveling to Jericho. He's attacked and robbed and beaten, severely beaten. So bad the Bible says that he was left half dead. Now here's what's interesting is two guys enter into the story and they're also both Jewish. One is a priest, and he sees the guy bleeding and dying yeah. on the road. And it's almost like he wants to back away and, and stay a distance. Now, if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, I love giving people the benefit of the doubt. I'm always like, well, maybe they thought this, or, you know, maybe they were thinking this. But So if you wanted to do that, you could say, well, he is a priest, and in his culture, if he were to touch somebody who was dead, he would then be ceremoniously unclean, and he maybe wouldn't be able to fulfill his duty. So if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, that's probably what he was thinking. The other guy comes by, and Jesus said, this guy's a Levite, but I want you to know he's also Jewish. And he sees the guy who is hurting and bleeding, and he's ready to die, and Mm. he does the same thing. He keeps his distance. He looks, and he passes on by. Now, realize that so far everyone in the story is Jewish, and now Jesus shocks everyone that's listening to him. He shocks them by three words. He says, but a Samaritan. Wow! Now, what you have to realize here is if there was anyone listening, they probably would have been audible gasps at this point because Jesus is putting someone in the story who actually hates Jews. That's the Samaritans. The Samaritans hated Jews the Jews. Yeah. So the Samaritan sees this man, and he crosses the street, and he goes over to him, and what does the Bible say? He gets down, kneels down, he bandages his wounds, he pours oil on his wounds, he puts him on his animal, he takes him to an inn, and he even pays the innkeeper to take care of this guy. Yeah. So here's someone who is culturally an enemy with someone and he goes over and above to reach out and love this guy. Now the reason this is so shocking, again, is the Jews hated the Samaritans. Do you know what the root of the hatred was? Religion. Religion. Religion was at the root of that hatred. So follow along with me now here as Jesus is Telling this story that he chooses to specifically put someone in this story that hates Jews. And it was that someone who reached out and loved him. It was that someone who chose to be a neighbor. I think Jesus is saying here, you must be willing to love and care for someone who might even be considered your enemy. Are you with me? Jesus was really ge- pounding this in that you a true neighbor is someone who is willing to love and care for someone even though they might be considered an enemy. This guy had compassion and took pity on another human being even though he was of a different race. He was of mm-hmm. a different religion. Yeah. He was of a different belief. He right. was of a different culture. And yet he reached out and showed compassion. Jesus is showing us not just who to neighbor, how to neighbor. Here's a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King. He said this, he said, the first question the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop and help this man, what will happen to me? In other words, they were thinking about their reputation. They were thinking about what's this going to look like for me? How's this going to affect my job? How's this going to affect my family? But the Samaritan reversed the question and he asked, if I don't stop, And help this man. What will happen to him? Do you see that? Do you see how this Samaritan put someone else's need before his own? He was actually thinking of someone else above what it might do to his reputation, above what it might look like for him, above what it might might look like in his culture and day. Yeah. Even though he knew that that was someone that everybody in his camp considered an enemy, and now he's going out of his way to help him. He didn't stop to think, what's that going to look like to me? He just stopped and was thinking about the other person putting someone else's need above his own. I would say that yeah. is the heart. Of how to neighbor.
1: It is. That's the heart of the gospel right there, you guys. Yes. That's the heart of the gospel right there. Loving God and loving others. Yes. Yeah. Why is that so hard for us? Loving God and loving others, even if they are different than us. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yep. Yeah. Even if they are different from us, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, if you're taking notes, this isn't on your notes this morning, but if you're taking notes, write this down this morning. Racism isn't born, it's taught. Racism isn't born, it's taught. It's not born, it's not inherited. There is no racist gene. Racism isn't born, racism is taught. How many are hearing me this morning? You know, if you've ever noticed, a two-year-old hates naps. A two-year-old hates naps. They don't like naps. They hate naps. If you don't have a two-year-old, you know that. You know how much that two-year-old does not like naps. But let me tell you, that two-year-old doesn't hate somebody because of the color of their skin. Right. Right. Amen? Amen? I mean, I'm making it pretty plain this morning. Yes. Yes. A two-year-old doesn't hate somebody because of the color of their skin. This is something that's taught. Yeah. It's not something that's inherited. Let me give you this morning... You know, three ways that, that we become racist over time. There's, there, we, we, we sometimes can become racist without even realizing it, just over time. Number one, you can become racist maybe because you are a victim of hatred. Maybe you've been a victim of hatred. Maybe you have been mistreated by others because of the color of your skin. Maybe you've been mistreated by others because you're different. Maybe it's because you look different. Maybe it's because you act different. Maybe it's because you believe different. Maybe it's because you talk different. How many have ever experienced racism? Okay, there you go. Maybe it's not because you have personally been mistreated, but maybe somebody you love has been mistreated. So what happens is you start thinking, well, I don't like them because they don't like me. Here's another re- reason why, uh, and we develop racism, and I just touched on this briefly already, but uh, we're, it's something that we're taught. Many times racism is taught. Um, You know, in our family, we're we're just taught we don't hang around those people. We don't hang around those people. It's just something that we're taught. It's taught down from generation to generation that we just don't hang around them. Or number three, here's a a big one, and I believe this is probably one of the biggest, and that is ignorance. We develop racism because of ignorance. Everyone say ignorance. Ignorance. You know, it's sometimes a lack of perspective, it's a lack of exposure, Uh, it's just ignorance. They're different than us. But church, no matter what the reason, we have to recognize this. And and here's a powerful truth that I want you to write down. This is on your notes. Write this down this morning. Racism is not a skin issue. Racism is a sin issue. I said racism is not a skin issue. Racism is a sin issue. That's so important, you guys. Really important to understand this. Racism is not a skin issue. Racism is a sin issue.
2: Amen? Amen. Listen to what it says in James chapter 2, verse 9. The Bible makes it really clear. If you show partiality, if you show favoritism, in other words, if you favor one group of people over another, you are committing a sin. Yeah. Right there, it's a sin issue. Jesus doesn't beat around the bush. He just says it like it is. Yeah. If you favor this group over that group, you are committing a sin. And any time we act like I love you, if you love me... I'll hang with you, my kids can hang with your kids if they look like me, or I'll be friends with you if you agree with me, or I'll fellowship with you if you believe like me. Anytime we act like that, we got to be willing to call it what it is. And it's not right. It's not right before God, and it shouldn't be right before us. And this really raises a really important question that we're going to focus on today. As Jesus followers, how are we called to love our neighbor? How do we love those who look Different from us. And that's what we're going to address today. We're going to uh, address this with three issues. And Pastor is going to do the first one. And I want you to think about while he's talking about this first point, I just want to kind of lead into it because it's really a lot more difficult than it sounds. You're going to hear and think, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. But I want you to really, this morning, be willing to search your heart in openness and honesty and transparency, and with sincerity, and say, could there be a little bit in me that maybe I didn't know was there? And that's really the reason we're sharing this is because we, we've we changed over the past couple of months. There's yeah. just been some situations of different people that have come to our doorstep, and the Holy Spirit has just showed us some things and yeah. revealed some things yeah. to us, and uh we would have never considered ourselves racist. In fact, look at destiny. You look around today and you look and you see a lot of diversity. I remember Manda put a picture on a couple weeks ago about our kid jammers that were graduating and moving on, and I chuckled. I said to Pastor, look at there's not one white person in that whole group. I said, That is so cool how diverse. We are, and we celebrate that diversity. But sometimes there's still something there that you didn't even realize was there. Right. And I just want you to listen today with an open heart and Amen. with sincerity. Are you ready
1: for this? Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I mean, you've got to be, be willing to be honest. You've got to be willing to be transparent and, and, and sincere in this, or this won't really help you. But I hope we're laying this out for you from a biblical perspective so that it's something you can grab a hold of and embrace. And like I said, you're not hearing a lot of pastors address this and talk about this This today, but it's an important issue. Can you say amen to that? All right. Some of you are squirming in your seat, but that's okay. Number one, number one, recognize our prejudices. Church, we have got to recognize our prejudices. You know this is really difficult to do. It's really difficult. It's really difficult because prejudices are really difficult to see in the mirror. I look in a mirror and I, I honestly will look and I'm like, I don't see it. I don't. I don't see. I, I'm not. I'm not prejudiced. And and honestly, if, if any of you would have asked me three months ago, are you prejudiced? I would have said absolutely not. I am not at all prejudiced. I am not racist. I love. All people. I love black people, white people, Hispanic people. I love every one of them. But church, here's why, here's why it's really difficult to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I, I could have some prejudice on the inside of me. We often feel justified in how we feel against someone else. We often feel justified in how we feel about somebody else, even if our prejudice um, mindset or our racial uh, attitude isn't intentional. Sometimes it's not intentional, but it's even when it's not intentional, it's still a sin. It's still real, and it still hurts. Did you hear what I said? It can be a total accident. But it's still real. And it still hurts. If you're taking notes, write this down. Here's what prejudice means. Prejudice means to prejudge. A lot of people have never taken the time to look and see what it actually means. But it means to prejudge. It's a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. Not based on fact and reason and actual experience. I bet most of you, if you had the courage to be really honest, would admit that you were raised to some extent... Uh, with some prejudice. Remember what prejudice means, because a lot of us don't like that word, and we're like, no, I I wasn't prejudiced, I'm not prejudiced, but prejudice is prejudging. Prejudice is is prejudging, and if we're honest, I think a lot of us make the mistake of having wrong judgments of people before we really know the people. And we're prejudging people a lot. Let me give you an example. I was raised in a household, and I'm not knocking mom and dad, but I was raised in a household where I was told, I was a a Catholic, and I was told, honestly, I was told that those born-again Christians are weird. Those born-again Christians are strange people.
2: And then they're I was, strange and they're different. Yeah. And then you were born again person. I was raised in a, in a, what you could call a born again home or a Baptist home. And I was taught that all those Catholics were weird. So it was like, even in, in our culture upbringing, it was like the Catholics against the Lutherans. And then we became Baptists and it was Baptist against everybody. And isn't it funny how the Lord brought this Catholic boy and this Baptist girl together. This, this born again weirdo. <laughs> And now we're leading a spirit-filled, diverse church. I mean, how only God could do that. But I like this born-again,
1: strange, weird person.
2: I love it.
1: I love it. But we were taught to wrongly believe. I was taught to wrongly believe. And so I was prejudging. Church, we do that all the time. Let me give you some of them. You might not have even thought of this, but let me give you some.
0: Right.
1: Listen to this.
2: Poor people are lazy. Yeah, that's a prejudice. Because yeah. see, it's not just black and white. It's, it's many ways. Listen, rich people are greedy. It's
0: a
1: prejudice. Now, some of you are sitting there in your seat and you're thinking, I've never thought that. But oh, yeah. you know what? There's a lot of people out there that think if, if you're a rich person and there's a, there's a rich person out there, that they're a greedy person. And they could be the most generous right. person on the face right. of this earth. And you're How about this? The younger generation simply won't work. <laughs> Mega church pastors are crooks. Yeah, they're you. All, they're yeah. all the same. That's what yeah, I'm they're thinking. Omega Church, Pat. They're all the same. They're, they're all, all the crux they're all There's a lot of people that believe that. They they honestly believe that. Right. Listen to this. Old people are useless. I know that sounds really mean, but there are people out there that think yeah. old people are yeah, useless, and you can't learn, learn. anything from yeah, an right. old person. I disagree with that, Wolfgang. I love you, Wolfgang. And there's a lot we can learn from you, Wolfgang. How about this one? White guys can't jump. (laughs) Well, no, that one might be true. (laughs) I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on about how we prejudge. We grew up thinking all these certain things about certain people. And we have to have the courage to acknowledge and to admit that maybe I'm prejudiced about such and such. Maybe I'm prejudiced about such and such. You know, if you've ever been one of those people that say, I'm not racist. But, uh-uh. there is nothing good that comes after a but. <laughs> That's true. Nothing. I said nothing. 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 I'm not racist, but... but- You know, it takes courage, it takes honesty, it takes integrity to recognize truthfully prejudices. Any racism. To admit before God and to repent before God that I'm prejudiced. About whatever area. See, we always just think prejudice, black and white. Black and white. It's a big part of it. But church, there's a lot of different lot prejudices, of different of
0: prejudice.
1: yes. and we shouldn't be prejudiced. Amen. We shouldn't be prejudging.
0: Amen.
2: Prejudging. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Yes.
0: Amen.
2: Amen. amen. So we're going to recognize our prejudices. Here's another one, number two. Let's be people that seek to understand. And here's what I really want to focus on: is I really want to talk about understanding when it comes to someone who may believe differently than us. Understanding someone who may dress differently than us. Understanding someone whose culture may be totally different than ours. What if we made it our personal goal to befriend someone outside of our normal little circle of friends and our normal little church people and our normal safe little personal connections and we made the time to sit down with them with a spirit of humility Not a spirit of, I'm right and you're wrong, so let's sit down and discuss this so I can prove that I'm right and you're wrong. That's not going to get anywhere. No. All that's going to do is put up walls. But what if we just were willing to step out and do this? See, the Holy Spirit really put this on my heart a couple, I don't remember now, maybe three, four weeks ago, about forming a friendship with someone who looked different and believed different than me. Because most of my friends, if I'm honest, are right here. They're nice little Christian people who believe just like I do. And someone actually challenged, you were right there yeah. in the office. Someone Somebody actually challenged her. He looked right at me and he said, Do you have any friends that are atheist? Do you have any friends that believe different than you? Do you have any friends that are Somalian or Muslim? And I was looking at him and I'm going, well, no. And so the Holy Spirit put it on my heart. And here's what's interesting, is it wasn't too long that I actually had someone right here on my doorstep that looked different from me, believe different from me, and the Holy Spirit said to me, there she is, that's your assignment. I want you to form a friendship with her and get to know her, get to understand her, find out about her family. What does she believe? Here, here's what we could do, church. Just imagine if we were willing to sit down with someone who looked different, dressed different, believed different, and we said, what do you believe? Why do you believe that way? How did you come to believe that way? How did you come to that perspective? Or maybe even, how did you come to this country? Tell me the story of what it was like for your family to come to America. How long have you been here? What do you see here that you love? What, what are some things that could change? What if you just did that with a spirit of humility? I'm telling you, it could be beautiful. And so the question for you that I want to ask is, have you ever become a friend to someone who believes different than you? Yeah. Just be honest on, about it that. Plain. That's right. What, what if you did that, and now because of your spirit of humility, now the walls came down and you actually had an opportunity to share your faith. See, I truly believe, church, truth spoken in love is so powerful. Opinion, opinion spoken in ignorance is destructive.
1: Wow. Say that again. <laughs> that really is true. a really powerful point.
2: Truth spoken in love is so powerful. But our opinion spoken in ignorance is destructive. And I admit I had a lot of ignorance about this particular group, and and I kind of thought I had the right opinion. But you know what? What if we did this right here? What if we were willing to seek to understand? I'm telling you what would happen. Instead of the walls coming up, the walls would come down. We would find ourselves building a bridge with another person that maybe we would have never had that happen had we not obeyed the Spirit of God and said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to be willing to form a friendship with someone who looks different and believes different. Yeah. Church, that's how we can be part of the solution. So don't let fear stop you. Don't let preconceived ideas stop you. Let's recognize our prejudices. Let's seek to understand. And then we can do number three, which is truly love those who are different. I'm not talking about an artificial love so that we can win them over into the kingdom. I'm talking about a sincere, genuine love so that Jesus can speak to their hearts, the Holy Spirit can speak to their hearts. Did you know that you can't change anybody anyway? You can't save anyone anyway? The Holy Spirit can do that, but you can be the bridge. Amen? And so that is what God calls us to do, is love those who are different than us. As I was studying this, one of the most moving stories I read about happened in 1996. It's a
1: great story, you guys.
2: A group of Ku Klux Klan members, white supremacy group, was holding a rally in Michigan. The police knew there would be tension, so they put up a barrier between the KKK members, the white supremacy people, they put up a barrier between them and then those that were coming to protest the hate group. Well, there was this guy who somehow infiltrated the protester side, got over to the other side to stir up some strife, and someone saw that. Someone saw him, and they yelled, Kill the Nazi! And suddenly, the crowd went ballistic. Everybody started screaming. Everybody, of course, went after this guy. They started beating him senseless, brutally. Out of the crowd came a young African-American girl who literally threw herself over this man to protect him from the blows. Now, what you have to understand is this was someone that was putting her life on the line over really someone that hated her, that probably would have wanted to harm her had he been given the chance. So she's literally putting herself in physical risk. Yeah. And she's protecting a man who literally was her enemy. I mean, who does that? I'll tell you who does that. A devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Some, come on. That's come good. on, you can help me preach. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who knows and understands what it's truly like to love your neighbor. neighbor. In interviews later on, she said it was her faith that played a huge role in what she did, but she said it wasn't just that. She said it was because I had been on the other side. I, I had been in the position many times of being beat and being bullied, and I many times wished someone would have just stood up for me. And so she said when I saw that, I had to do something. You know what she did? She was ultimately the neighbor. She crossed the road. She helped and had compassion on another human being who was considered her enemy. That's how we neighbor. That's how we cross the street. I want to tell you, you don't always have to do great, big things. Mm -hmm. You can do small, great things that are just as effective. One simple act of kindness, just being kind to another human being, just showing love and honor and respect. I'm telling you, in this time that we live as a nation, there are groups that hate the other group. You can fill in the blanks how you want, but these guys hate this guy, these guys, and we hate them because they hate us, and sometimes we think everybody in that group hates us, and that's a prejudged misconception. If you will really sit down and take the time to learn. And so that's, that's what we need to do is seek to understand but also love those who are different than us. Amen. Amen.
1: Listen to this, you guys. Racism is not just the absence, the presence of hatred. Racism is not just the presence of hatred, but it is, it is also the absence of love. Racism is not just the presence of hatred, but it is also the absence of love. It's the absence of love. I accept you. I embrace you. You're my brother. You're my sister. I love you. It's not just the presence of hatred. But you guys, racism is the absence of love. It's the absence of a touch. It's the absence of an embrace. It's the absence of saying, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome here. Isn't that what this church is all about? Yes. Loving all people. Isn't that what this isn't that what we've been saying for years at this church? is that all people are welcome. Now I didn't say to you just now that we agree with all people. But we will love all people. We will welcome all people. We will touch all people. We will embrace all people. How is the world really going to know that we are followers of Jesus? How are they going to know? Do you know what the Bible says? How is the world really going to know that we are followers of Jesus? What does the Bible say? Let me tell you what the Bible doesn't say. It doesn't say they will know you are followers of Jesus... Because of our perfect theology.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: In fact, Christian groups can't even agree on theology. Exactly. It does not say they will know we're followers of Jesus because of our great church attendance. Doesn't say they will know that we are followers of Jesus because of our giving record or because of our our ability to quote scripture or this or that. The Bible says, the Word of God says, they will know that we are followers of Jesus if we love. love. If we love. love. If we Love. love. one another. If we love one another. Not if you look like me, not if you were born in the same area I was born in, not if your skin color is the same color as mine, but if you will love one another. Your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? You guys, your neighbor is whoever you come in contact with next whoever it is next that you come in contact with, that's your neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever you, when you walk out of these doors and you go to the grocery store, that person is your neighbor. Yes. We are to love our neighbor. You guys, how did Jesus love me? He loved me while I was still a sinner. He loved me when I was a 16-year-old little whippersnapper that could cuss you up one end and down the other. But he still loved me in spite of my foolishness. He still loved me in spite of my mess-ups. He still loved me in spite of my goof-ups. He still loved me in spite of my screw-ups. I had issues, but he loved me. He loved me. And church... What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love all people. We're supposed to cross the street like Keisha. I don't know if you mentioned her name, but that was the girl that she was talking about that threw her body on top. We are supposed to cross the street and do that for others. We are supposed to be like the Samaritan who, who went and crossed the street for the Jew. That's what we're supposed to do. Can you say amen to that? Amen. We're going to close with these
2: three scriptures. Yes. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. It says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. In fact, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. What is this saying? It's saying it's not what group you're in. It's not what group you're a part of. It's not a matter of whether you're Jew or Gentile or Greek because God's love extends to all and his free gift of salvation is available to all. He loves Cubans and Hondurans and Nigerians and Jamaicans and Americans and Somalians and Koreans and Malaysians, Pakistanians, Iranians, Croatians and Russians. Not only does he love them all, but his love extends to them all. Heaven will be wonderfully diverse. Revelation chapter 7 says that. There before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every tribe, every nation, every people, and every language standing before the throne and before the lamb crying out in a loud voice salvation belongs to our God Woo. who sits on the throne love it. and to the lamb salvation belongs to our God not my God our, our God. God wow worshiping together lifting hands together all nations tribes and languages. How awesome is that? How big is our God?
1: It's really awesome. Let me close with this verse in Romans chapter 10. Look at verse 13. Let me start with this. I I, I know it says Romans chapter 10, 12, and 13, but let me just start with verse 13. So I've taught this verse, I've said this verse probably more than any other verse in the Bible. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I said that over and over and over again. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter uh, what you believed in the past. It doesn't matter what you've done. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But I want to show you what comes exactly before that verse right there. Because right before it, there's an issue of race. Right before that verse right there in verse 12. Here's what it says. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all everyone say all All. the same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him so let's read this in context doesn't matter the color of your skin doesn't matter where you were born doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. Anyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You guys, Jesus did not say who to neighbor. He told us how to neighbor. Told us how to neighbor. Racism is not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. It is unacceptable to God and it should be unacceptable to every one of us. Can you say amen? Church, it's not just racism is not just the presence of hatred but it is the absence of love so therefore as Jesus followers what are we called to do love the Lord our God with all of our heart with all of our mind with all of our soul with all of our strength and love our neighbor as ourselves church I believe that every single one of us can be a small part to the solution I believe every single one of us I I know we're not the biggest church in the area I know we're not the biggest church in 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 Burnsville even we're not the biggest church around But I believe that small things can happen with a great group of people. I've been changed so much by the love of God that I believe that it can rub off on us showing that love to all people. To all people. Can you say amen? Amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap this morning. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Bow your heads with me this morning. I just got a couple things that I want to ask you this morning, and then we're going to wrap things up. We're almost done. But if you're here this morning and you'd say, Pastor, I want to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved if you're here this morning and you want to ask him to be your Lord maybe it's the first time you've ever done it maybe it's a recommitment this morning maybe it's just the reassurance to know that hey you're on track with him if you're here today and you would say pastor I want to answer that call I want to give my heart to him for the first time Maybe it's a recommitment or it's the reassurance. Lift your head on the count of three. Just look up at me. Just look up at me and just lift up your head and look at me this morning right there from your seat. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord. God bless you. God bless you. That's beautiful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is good. I see that. God bless you. I want everyone in here, especially you that lifted your heads this morning. There was about seven of you that lifted up your heads this morning. But I want everybody to pray this prayer with me this morning. Every single one of us in this room. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my healer be my deliverer from this day forward thank you for dying on the cross thank you for rising again and thank you for living in me my life will never be the same you are my Lord you are my Savior in Jesus name amen 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 well welcome to the kingdom of God That's beautiful this morning. Thank you, Lord. If you don't have a church that you feel like you can grow in or be loved in, this is a great church. This is a great church to do that. We will we will love you right where you are. We don't believe it's our responsibility to fix everybody. It's our responsibility to love you right where you are, and it's the Holy Spirit's and Lord's responsibility. To bring you to where you need to be as far as sanctified and purified and all of that and and we're just patient with you and we're just gonna help you on your journey can you say amen to that amen we're gonna help you but hey we just preached a message you know that that I believe I had several people come up to me after the first service and say wow Pastor, you know, you really made me think. I I didn't really even recognize that I had some prejudice in me. Or racist. Or any of that. But it's really challenged me. And I just believe that you're challenged here today. I believe you are. I'm not going to ask you to stand up in front of everybody if, if you're feeling like, hey, I've been, been challenged and I've been uh, dealing with some prejudice or racist. But I believe there's more of you uh, here than, than uh, any of us would want to admit. Because I was one of them. I really was. I, I, again, I say I loved all people. I would look at you in the face and I would have been able to say listen I love everybody There's nobody that I don't love but you know what I would prejudge a lot of people and um, and even in our area here like Pastor Vicki was saying we live in church I don't believe it's an accident that we are we are in we are pastoring in a community where Somalians is one of the biggest populations in our nation. Minneapolis is the biggest and St. Paul. But, you know, other than than Minneapolis and St. Paul, Burnsville is one of the largest. And um, I believe God is telling me and showing me and helping me How to love those people. How to love all people. Did I say I agree with them? I didn't say that. But we're called to love them. They will know we are Christians by our love. Amen. Stand with me for just a minute. I am not a singer. But I just want to sing this song. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. And we pray that all unity will one day be restored. And they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Sing it again, would you? And Jordan, maybe you could help me out. Oh, you don't have a mic. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. You never know what I'll pull on you. But you guys, Vic, grab a mic. Help me out. I'm not a good singer. We are one in the Spirit. We are one in the Lord. We are
0: one in the Spirit. We are one in the Spirit. We
1: sing it one more time but i want you to grab hands and just even cross over the aisles come on come on we
0: are one in the lord we are
1: Would you just pray over everybody this morning? Thank you, Lord. Father,
2: I thank you today for this message. We know that you put this message on our heart for today, this day, this hour. It's been an issue for a long time, but this was time. And so, Father, I thank you, first of all, for what you're doing in our hearts. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. And I thank you for where you've planted us, right here in a community with many people who don't look like us or believe like us. I thank you, God, that we are going to be a church that loves all people. Continue to teach us how to even better love our neighbor. And Father, I just pray if there's anyone here today huh. during our message that, you. that your Holy Spirit was pricking their hearts. I, your Holy Spirit does not bring condemnation, but you do bring sweet conviction in areas that we need to change. And I just pray that if that's been revealed, that we will acknowledge it and that we will address it Thank you. and that we will make it our goal to truly know how to love our neighbor, love those people that look different, believe different, act different, sound different. And we thank you that in Christ we can all become one. We are all one in Christ. And we thank you for that. And everyone in agreement said, amen Amen. and amen. 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 Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. You know, I got my shirt on. I made the choice. You know, it's a conversation piece. I made the choice. You made the choice to what? I made the choice to love all people made the choice. I made the choice. I made the choice to love all people. And so we maybe have to order some more of these. These were actually, I made the choice to be water baptized. And and that's what this shirt was all about. But I I think it fits this. And we should get some more of these. And uh, if we got some of these, how many would wear one? Yeah, cool. I made the choice uh, to love all people. That's all there is to it. Praise God. Amen.